everyone. Welcome back to the Grit to Growth podcast. I'm your host, Steph Corbell, and I'm happy to be back with you today exploring yet another topic designed to help you channel your inner resilience for personal growth. Thanks so much for listening, and if you haven't yet, please consider hitting that subscribe button so you don't miss out on any future episodes. Today, we're wrapping up a three-episode series on relationships. In the past two weeks, we've explored friendships and the importance of having a relationship with ourselves. This week, we're going to be diving into a very current topic and one I think most of us have to navigate on a daily basis, and that has to do with our relationships that take place online. Now, I have a lot to say about this topic, but I'm going to rein myself in to keep within the confines of a single episode. And before I delve into it, let me preface this all by saying I absolutely do not believe that we need to throw away social media or that online interactions are no substitute for the real thing. I'm someone today who, as a business owner, I own a tattoo studio, I rely heavily on my online presence for marketing. That's in terms of both social media and through my website for my business. I work incredibly hard to maximize my SEO on the back end to build my business locally. Now, I can't remember where, but recently I read or heard a quote to this point. It's a whole lot easier to throw something out when things get hard or challenging than it is to develop healthy boundaries. I believe that most of us look at online presence and social media interaction as a toxic thing, when in reality, it simply has the potential to be both positive and negative, depending on how you use it. It's actually all about how you develop your boundaries with it and how you present yourself or choose to interact with others. By simply saying that online interactions are toxic, you take away your agency and self-responsibility. And that's what this episode is about. It's about how to have a positive and productive online presence. It's about how to have good online relationships and to use those to your benefit. It's not about how to run away from online relationships, as I read in a book title a few years back called How to Break Up with Your Phone. I don't think that's helpful because, frankly, online interactions aren't going anywhere. Just one recent statistic for you, as of April 2021, more than 70% of American adults were reported to maintain a social media presence. That's nearly three quarters of all American adults are daily using online resources like Facebook and Instagram and TikTok and Twitter. You can't just run away from that. If you want to talk about a new normal, there it is for you. On a personal level, it's impossible for me to run away from online interactions. No contemporary business owner can. One thing you may not know about me is that prior to becoming a self-employed tattoo studio owner, I worked as a college professor for many years. In fact, I taught both full and part-time for more than 18 years. Back in 2004, I began teaching hybrid courses for a community college in San Diego, which was a really, really new thing at the time. And then in 2005, I took on a number of fully online classes at a different community college in the same area. And I ended up there as tenured faculty for a number of years. In fact, even after I relinquished tenure, I stayed on as an adjunct, teaching online, usually about three classes every semester, including summers. And I served as faculty nearly for 14 years at that same school. I saw firsthand how online interactions evolved in the early 2000s. And let me tell you, stuff really changed with the advent of two things in particular, 
smartphones, and social media. Back in the beginning, when we just had MySpace, that was one thing. But purely anecdotally, based on my own interactions with students, once Facebook exploded sometime maybe around 2008 or 2009, which coincided very much with the iPhone dominance over the smartphone market, I started seeing this huge change with my online students. One, I had a lot more interaction with students, and the students had much more of a comfort level with the online course platform. Two, there were so many more typos and plagiarism evident in student assignments. And three, there seemed to be less common respect between students and even toward myself as a professor. At that time, I started to include this whole netiquette section in my syllabus to remind students that there's a living, breathing person on the other side of every typed interaction, and that this interaction, while it was taking place in a virtual environment, it has very real outcomes or impacts on other people. And that is something I have never, ever forgotten, to always remember that there is someone else physically on the other end of the virtual dialogue. Now, it's easy to go down the rabbit hole and talk about how much student work disintegrated due to online-only classes. But you know what? I also had powerful, positive interactions with some students online with whom I still keep in touch, even though I had never actually had them attend one of my classes in person. I never discount the positive effects of online interaction. And to follow up on that thought, hey, here's a huge example of why I'm personally grateful for the internet. I met my current husband in an online forum back in 2010. We were very casual, platonic friends on Facebook for years before we began dating, and I can tell you now, I wouldn't be in the happy marriage I'm in today if it weren't for online forums and social media. However, I'm like many of you. I get fed up at times with social media. I get angry at comments I see online, and I take complete breaks from time to time for my mental health. I did during the 2020 election, for example, and I think that's okay. We all need a timeout on occasion. I think because of my experience both as an online instructor for 15 years and a business owner for the past six, that I'm highly aware of how I present myself in the virtual arena. I have to be since I maintain a very public brand and presence. Yet I wonder often how many people actually think about how their online presence affects others. That's what this episode is about. I'm here to help you assess your online interactions and to offer some strategies for rethinking your presence, how to have positive interactions and to focus on the good rather than the negative when it comes to online arenas for discourse. So we're going to focus on two things now. One, how we engage with others online and two, how we present ourselves online. When it comes to how we engage with others, I have two suggestions for you. The first challenge is this. The next time you pick up your phone or your tablet, before you start scrolling through a social media or news outlet, I want you to ask yourself this question. What do I want to get out of this today? Instead of mindlessly passing time by what I call lurking or being a voyeur of someone else's life, Identify an actual purpose for your time online. Now that can be simple. You just want to see what some of your old friends are up to or say hello. That's perfectly valid. It could be you want to see what's up with some of your favorite local businesses and if they have specials running. I mean, hey, as a business owner, I'm supportive of that motivation. 
by identifying a purpose for your interactions online, you avoid something that many of us do, things like making gossipy comments or making voyeuristic comparisons to others, such as looking at others' negativity as a form of entertainment. Be honest with yourself. Have you ever engaged in something like that? Like, you know someone doing something crazy and they post about it online and you just can't seem to look away? It's like a bad reality show, except it's happening in real life to a person that you know. By having a purpose for any online session, you can avoid that type of motivation and you can force yourself to be honest and have integrity with your interactions. A second challenge for you when it comes to looking at online platforms is this. If you constantly see something negative that bothers you, stop looking at it. It's that simple. I went into this strategy a few episodes ago in my garbage in, garbage out topic. You can check that out if you haven't already. So for example, if a business constantly posts something negative, don't look at their stuff. If a news outlet only posts inflammatory headlines that get you all riled up, stop subscribing to it and look for a more reputable source. If a friend who you love in person won't stop posting 5 million updates about how awful their life is, then just unfollow them. Hey, I'll fully admit there are plenty of people on my social pages that I unfollow or unsubscribe from because I simply can't handle the barrage of negative political crap on all sides of the spectrum that I see them spewing daily. It's, it's the same with a lot of online discourse right now related to the pandemic. Don't be afraid to filter stuff out in your online life. You can catch up with old friends on the phone or in person instead of just reading a rant list online. Now let's take a look at how we present ourselves online. This is something I've developed over many years, and I have three questions that you can ask yourself before commenting or posting or interacting. Question number one, ask yourself, What is my motivation in this interaction? So am I trying to foster a friendship with someone? Am I trying to offer support in a difficult time? Am I showing support for a local artisan or business? Am I offering feedback when it's asked for? And an aside on that, pay attention to offering unsolicited advice to people. That's not exactly welcomed or helpful, either online or in person. Always look to have organic, authentic motivations for interacting with others. Question number two to ask yourself, is this something that I want to remember in 10 years? I hate to tell you this, but nothing online ever really dies. Once it's said, it's out there permanently. I I have friends that say all the time they have these great privacy settings, but really, social media companies own what you post. And there's always a way to share something that you've posted in the past, no matter how much you think your privacy settings resemble Alcatraz. If you're simply posting innocuous stuff constantly, think about, would I want to see this as a record of my life in 10 years? Filter out to what's most important to you, rather. That's my suggestion. Focus on the big memories, the positive stuff, the helpful stuff to others the points of potential connection with old friends and new, points of commonality and not divisiveness. The third question to ask yourself is, what good can come of this? I'm just going to pause for a second on that one, because that's a heavy question to ask. What good can come out of me posting this or saying this? 
Now, if you don't have a good motivation or a helpful motivation or a positive motivation, just stop. Put your phone away for a while and take your hands off the keyboard. And if you can't immediately identify a motivation, well, then just create a draft. Wait 24 hours before you post something. This strategy will help you avoid online venting and blowing off steam in a public arena. No one's a fan of someone who endlessly rants online. Above all else, at the end of the day, remember that every single comment you interact with, like, or thumbs down, scroll past, or stare at, there's a living, breathing human on the receiving end. A living, breathing human with a mom, a dad, maybe kids, a significant other, perhaps, a dog, a cat, an actual, real person. One of the biggest challenges with online interaction is our lack of accountability for what we say. Online, we can hide behind a persona or an avatar. Ask yourself, would I say this thing to a person while looking them in the eyes? Would I appreciate someone else saying this to me while looking at me in the eye? And if not, keep your virtual mouth shut. Does this episode resonate with you? Do you find any of these strategies and questions helpful in your online interactions? Let me know. I'd love to hear from you. You can connect with me on my website. There's a contact page where you can reach me via email over at grittogrowth.com. I also have an Instagram page at Steph Corbell. That's C-O-R-B-E-L-L. Thanks so much for listening today. And if you found this helpful, please consider subscribing or sharing this episode on your social media to help me get the word out about the podcast. And until next week, remember that you're more resilient than you realize and you're stronger than you know. 